For over 90 years, we've been crash testing our cars in the tireless pursuit of automotive safety. At Volvo, safety's been first since 1927. We've saved millions of lives with the invention of the three-point seatbelt in 1959. At Volvo, we've made driving safer for you and them. Visit safety.finleyvolvo.com to learn more. So they say if you give a man a gun, he'll rob a bank. But if you give a man a bank, he'll rob everybody. The good news for you is Private Money Club runs solely on peer-to-peer -peer relationships, which means no banks allowed. So finally, there's a community for real estate entrepreneurs where it is truly a win-win solution. This community is a place where you can connect with other lenders and other borrowers, and the end results, massive growth for you. You get to build your real estate empire, and you get to do it solving other people's problems. So if that sounds like a place you want to be, well, then join us. Go to privatemoneyclub.com forward slash Kelly. And if you want 500 bucks off, just add the code Kelly 500 and I'll knock 500 bucks off the premier membership. We'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast where attitude is everything. Uh, for e everyone out there watching, uh, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you for sharing. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for uh, you know sharing it with your family, whatever it is, because you have helped us to get into the top 1.5% globally as far as all podcasts, and that is absolutely phenomenal. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors too, Private Money Club. It's all about relationships, and when you're doing, uh, whether it be business or you're lending money or you're borrowing money, guys, what I want you to know is if you if you're super kind, you make friends, and then you stay curious, and you build those relationships, those relationships will last a lifetime. Money School also, um, Money School teaches you how to be able to uh, look at your money different from a different perspective, and then Private Money Club helps you to be able to take your money to a completely different level. Also, Finley uh, Volvo Cars of Las Vegas, the greatest service, honestly, hands down, I mean, bar none. I've never experienced anything like this. Most people think of car buying as something that, you know, it's, uh, I'm not really into that or you know it's a it's like pulling teeth but i tell you this is an experience that you will never ever even imagine um you know they do think they're on the cutting edge it's incredible so finley volvo cars of las vegas jim DeGiulio, tell him that kelly sent you um so on the on the podcast today I, i'm so excited to be able to have this young man here because um not only are you doing something that is absolutely phenomenal, but you're doing it for a great cause. We have a, a world record holder here, guys, and we're going to pressure each and every one of you to get involved, get involved with what he's doing. But not only that, uh, get some awareness about what it is that you're doing in your life and, and make sure that you're doing things for the right reasons. And I think that when you do the right things for the right reasons, the right things turn out. And this young man, uh, you know, created a, a little quest, um, something that I'm so glad that you do because I ain't trying to do it. I like to have a ton of friends who are really talented and then I don't have to be talented at anything at all. This is a world record holder. He is uh, he has the most pull-ups in a 30-day span and now he's going for the most pull-ups in a year. In one 30-day span, he did th uh, 31,000, over 31,000 pull-ups. He did 1,100 pull-ups yesterday, but he's doing it to benefit mental health, something that is very dear to his heart. So please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jordan Vega. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about it. And uh, man, that was an 
hell of an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have really cool friends, man. I mean, and that's the, I think that it's been the thing for me is having cool friends. It helps me to not have to be good at very many things. I'm just really excited about what they do. Right. And so we met, we actually got to see a um, Medal of Honor recipient. And I had heard about you though, for okay. it was probably, probably about three or four months leading up. Okay. Um, we go to a place that's in common, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, tell, yeah. tell them where that's at. Yeah, so we, we go to the, the same church uh, right across the street from us, and um, that's kind of how we met. Uh, we went to a men's group, and like you said, there was a Navy SEAL speaking, and then that's kind of how we uh, met together, and you were like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Like, it's it's pretty cool. I took a look at it. I was like, wow, like, this guy's legit. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. Like, I love like, it because <laughs> when I ask, like, when I ask people, and for me, it was always about uh, having people on the podcast that that really truly made a difference. And again, I had heard about you in my other men's groups, and I had heard that this guy had started off on this journey. And and when they said it, I was like. They misspoke. Yeah. <laughs> because they were like, someone said, he did a thousand push-ups in a day, or a thousand pull-ups, not push-ups, pull-ups in a day. And I was like, yeah, right. no, he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> they lying. meant 100. Uh-huh. Talk to us about this journey. Where did it start? And why are is your crazy ass doing <laughs> 1,100 pull-ups in a day? Yeah, so to be honest, my journey started, it really started uh, last year when I was at the lowest point in my life. In 2022, um, it was just a really difficult year for me mentally. I was just unhappy with what I was doing with my life, where I was. And um, I I, honestly, I fell into like a deep depression and I was overweight. And um, which starts, which comes first? Is it because I've always wondered about this and I've wondered about depression. I want to stay in that, that word for a bit. It wasn't a word that my generation used Mm -hmm. right and so it was just like no i mean sometimes you're down sometimes you're up whatever it was and then once i started to get this word and then i was like i didn't understand it Mm -hmm. i didn't understand the meaning of it either and then when people would say the symptoms i'd be like well damn i mean there was some times in my life that i was feeling that way too but i never so did the weight come first or the depression come first the the depression came Oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess it kind of happened at the same time. So I was overweight, and then I think being overweight was the, uh, a cause of my depression. It wasn't because uh, it wasn't the main cause, but uh, yeah, I just last year I was just going through the motions of life, and I had no purpose. I felt personally, I had no purpose. Uh-huh. I I was just waking up every day, doing what I had to do, um, at like, yeah, just like not at my full potential. What month is this? This is August. In August. So we're, we're talking, I mean, we're in March right now. We're about to go into April. Yeah. But in August, you were this, in this dark place. Yes. Today you sit in front of me (laughs) as a world record holder. Yes. Yesterday you did 1100 (laughs) pull-ups. And you're excited to do more today. I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm going to keep it going. And I, I get a lot of doubters and uh, a lot of uh, comments where people just don't believe that I'm actually doing this every day. So that puts fuel into my fire. I love, like, waking up and a lot 
I wake up with these comments like, yeah, this guy's, uh, this guy's BSing. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, those are pretty nice comments. Like on my, <laughs> on my uh, YouTube, the other day I did a short and a guy said, that looks like an old worn out tired Thor. That's what, I get the worst. Like these guys are going deep on me, but as long as there's somebody that's getting mad at you or is nasty to you, you know, you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to August. Let's go to the depression part. Because again, I think a lot of times people glaze over this and we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I really want to know what it feels like. Like, mm-hmm. To a person who has their eyes closed, maybe let's, let's do it this way. Mm-hmm. My, my friend Aaron Golub is blind. He was the first uh, blind uh, guy, uh, athlete, Division I athlete, um, and he played football, which is crazy, right? Long snapper. Did, did he go to SC? I'm kill- you're killing me on this because there's <laughs> a possibility. There's the possibility. And Aaron, I apologize. That I don't know what uh, what university you went to, but he was on the podcast. If you were explaining to my friend Aaron, who is blind, mm-hmm. how would you explain depression? Man, it it's honestly terrifying um, at first. Or, I mean... Like oh. boogeyman terrifying? No, just... Uh, it got to the point with me where I just... I was so unhappy with myself. I had to shut off all my friends, all my social media. I couldn't, I was so unhappy with myself. I couldn't go into a social setting because I didn't want to be around people. I was unhappy with myself. So if I was unhappy with myself, how could I be around other people and make a positive impact? What was the unhappy part with yourself? Like what, what, I mean, did this start physically or was it like the emotional part start first or, you know, um, it, were there people around you that were saying, you know, uh, hey, Jordan, you're awesome. Like, you're, you're incredible, but you were just shunning it? I mean, talk to us about, uh, did, it, did it start emotional or was it physical? Like, it's, first. First, it was mo- emotional. Okay. Um, I think heartbreak was the biggest thing that kind of flipped the switch for me. Did you go through a breakup? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. <laughs> was, she, was she crazy? <laughs> no, she, she's, a, she's an awesome person. She's an awesome person. Okay, because she's just, listening right now. That's why. But, You're uh, so nice, man. You're but, so nice. Uh, so a hard breakup. How long had you been together? Um, it's uh, kind of hard to say, but uh, yeah, she was like one of my like good friends for, for a long time. Really? <coughs> How long? How long were you guys... Was this like high school? Um, no, nah, like even before that. Seriously? Yeah. So like middle school? No. Yeah, probably high school. I, mean, I was about to say because middle school is before high, high school. We could say high like school. I, okay, so high school. In yeah. high school, it's kind of high school sweetheart, whatever it is. You guys are friends. Yeah. And then you guys are together. And then the breakup happens last year? Mm-hmm. Okay, right around August? Yeah. Okay. So we're now we're starting to put the pieces together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So when you go through it, she break up with you, you break up with her. It was kind of mutual, but uh, mostly it was mostly because of me, because I was unhappy with myself. Really? And I was, I felt like she realized that I needed to, to let her go in order to become the best version of myself. Okay. And has she seen you with your shirt off now? 
Probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a good revenge. Like none of my, like any of my, well, not that I've ever had a girlfriend before because my wife is the only woman in my life ever. Uh-huh. That's the way we talk about it. But if, if one of my old girlfriends saw me with my shirt off, she'd be like, damn, I made a good decision letting him go. But with you, man, you're straight, like you're a straight Iron Man. You know what I mean? That's, that's a good, that must be a good feeling. Yeah, definitely. That must be an all right feeling. So, you know, you posted them, uh, posted them occasionally. Now talk to me about the social media aspect because I think a lot of times people don't connect the social media aspect of the comparison, all those things to the depression. They, they, you know, you link it to the likes, the comments, Oh man, I'm blowing up. I'm trying to go viral. I Uh want my message out there, Yeah, but they don't talk about the downside of it. Mm -hmm. Right. So what, what were you experiencing that? Um, you in terms of like when I was going through? Yeah, when you were going through yeah. it, I mean, was the social media uh, an aspect of it? Yeah, it was a huge aspect. I on some days I would catch myself scrolling through Instagram or TikTok for like hours, and after two hours, I'm like, "What did I just do? Like, I just wasted two hours looking at a screen that had no benef- benefit to m- my personal life, and now I feel sad. Like, I shouldn't be like looking at." This stuff that has no positive impact on my life. So at that point, I just deactivated all my social media. Um, Everything, I didn't really talk to my friends. It was like a three-month period where I didn't go out. All I was doing is studying for the CPA at that point because um, I'm in accounting. Uh And in order to move up, the next step is to get your CPA so you could start climbing up the corporate ladder. So from August to December, I literally spent 500 hours just studying for the CPA. I have it all logged in my uh, course material. And uh, December 15th, I was fully committed to take the CPA. But at the same time, while studying for 500 hours during that time frame, I was also working out four hours a day in the gym um, doing two a days. So I had no life during that time. I had no social media. I didn't talk to anybody. All I did was work out, eat and study. And, uh, however, I, after a couple weeks, I reactivated my TikTok. Uh-huh. But the only thing I did during the only people that I followed on TikTok, cause I only had like a couple followers. I just followed like 500, 600, different motivational accounts. And when I did open up TikTok, it was positive thoughts and positive um, things in my head. So I was reprogramming my mind. So even though I was looking at t- like social media, it had a benefit, positive impact on me. So I would open it up for 15 minutes, put a 15, t- 15 minute time limit like they have on there. And during those 15 minutes, I started just reprogramming my mind that way. And when I'd be done looking at it, I'd be like, okay, like, I feel good. Like, I spent 15 minutes <laughs> looking at social media, and it was positive. And just doing those things every day for three months just compounded, and I started seeing the results. I ended up losing 40 pounds in seven weeks. and uh, 40 pounds? Seven weeks. Yeah. Was, now, most people, when they do that, and I've, I've seen this over time because I've worked with women for like 30 years, um, it's a recipe for disaster. Yep. <laughs> because generally, like when this, 
I mean, some of the ladies are going to get mad at me. Um, but generally, when you lose it that quick, you end up fatter. And, yep. like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're like, you're high five, bro, but I, you're going to be bigger in yep. a little bit. But it's amazing because you've been able to sustain over time, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is amazing. So 40 pounds, seven weeks. Yes, sir. I mean, unbelievable. So what else were you doing? You weren't just doing a 1,000 pull-ups a day. What else were you doing during that regiment? So you're, yes. you're building your mind, mm-hmm. right? So you're building your mind. You're building your skills. Yes. What were you doing during that time to build your heart? To build my heart, um, I made a promise to myself during this time frame. You know, when you make like an empty promise to to yourself, like, oh, okay, this month I'm not gonna like have any alcohol, and yeah. then maybe like two weeks in, you're like, ah, I might have a little bit. Yeah, beer with the guys might sound okay. pretty good, and uh, I made a promise to myself, but this promise was different, and I said, if I can't uphold this promise to myself who are you okay. like you know who you are you should at least be able to work on yourself as hard as you can for 30 days straight towards a goal even if you aren't super excited about this goal which was the cpa yeah. um you should at least be able to try and put your full effort towards that goal so for 30 days I did it. I every day just worked out. I trained my mind and I studied. So when after 30 days, it's like okay, like the first time I was super proud of myself. I was like, good job, dude. Like you finally did something that you could be proud of. Um, but then I also knew like 30 days is up, so now what? Like are you gonna keep the momentum going? Are you gonna continue the or are you going to stop and prove that you're, you're going to give up? And I knew in my heart I just really didn't want to quit no matter what. I just wanted to go all the way through. If I failed the CPA test, I failed, but at least I know I gave it my all. At the same time, I was also working out for four hours a day. Good Lord. <laughs> let's, take, let's take it back, Jordan. Let's take it back to when you were a kid, right? So um, when, you, when you look at these things, because when we talk about mental health um, – you know, obviously there's, there's chemical aspects to it. Um, this is my belief. I'm not a scientist and this is not uh, substantiated at all, but, uh, I'm, uh, irrational in my thoughts always. Um, but what I find is that a lot of it is environmental, right? So when you see people who suffer with mental illness or, you know, not, not the chemical side, not the chemical side, that's, that's one thing. But when they're, when, when people are dealing with depression, when they're dealing with anxiety, a lot of times there was traumas early on in their life that either weren't dealt with or sometimes they didn't realize it was a trauma. And the reason why I say this is because there was a time, and I, I spoke about it with my buddy, um, where um, I, I drove our, my 63 Impala to school to drop my son off. And I dropped him off and my car broke down. And I freaked out, like in my heart, my heart starts going because I'm so embarrassed. Mm-hmm. And then I remembered that feeling, because that feeling was the feeling that I had every time I got into a car when I was a kid, because our cars always broke down. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that that impacted me until that time when I was hanging with my son. So let's go back to young Jordan. 
what was the, I mean, was there a ton of encouragement for you um, growing up? Was there, was there that encouragement with the sport or sometimes maybe was there, you know, did you have to meet a certain expectation or things like that? That's a great question. And uh, I, I know my family's probably on and I probably never really talked about this. Um, we like to talk about things on the <laughs> podcast that you never talked about. So mama and pops, you better tune in, uh, call auntie and auntie and uh, grandma, pull out the chancla and uh, let's get to rolling. But uh, I, I wasn't even going to mention this today, but growing up, I I did martial arts for since I was four to 14. Taekwondo? Taekwondo. Yeah. <laughs> Some Rex Kwondo, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, young age, it was, I pretty much, my dad, he put me in Taekwondo just so I could learn how to, to de- defend myself. Yeah. I was four, so I didn't really know what was going on when I first started, but um, I was pretty good at it. I naturally, I loved it. I loved being active. And I ended up doing it for for 10 years. I got my third degree black belt. I ended up win, winning like over 200 gold medals. And I won the Junior Olympics three, three different times in my weight class for Taekwondo. How were you not going <laughs> to mention that, man? Three times? Yeah, I won three different times. And the fourth, uh, I ended up going to nationals in San Antonio to compete uh yeah to compete at nationals and ended up I ended up placing fourth um so pretty much I was like ranked fourth in the nation for my weight class and my age so before going to high school I had the option whether to go to high school and live a regular life like a normal kid or go to the Olympic training center in Colorado to train for the Olympics so that was a fork in my road. But growing up. Did you go? No, I, I went Why didn't you go? Um, to be honest, okay. I was burnt out. Okay, that this is where I want to sit because there's so many, especially here in North County. Um, in North County, it's like if your kid shows any promise of any sport, you got 17 coaches, they're practicing 17 hours a day, and they're the next. And it's like, I don't know if they're going to be the next. I mean, I'm excited for you, but can you talk to, I mean, there's the positive parts of sports and competition, mm-hmm. but there's also the downside. Me and my friends talked about it. Uh, and I asked them, we always ask each other the question all the time. Would you rather have it and then lose it or never have it? And they're like, well, I'd much rather have it and then lose it. And I'm like, but you got to understand if you were in the NFL and then you didn't make the NFL, you got kicked out or whatever it was. And then you were working at Ralph's. Mm -hmm. What's it going to do to your mental state? Yeah. So let's talk about that mental state because you're at the highest high Mm -hmm. at such an early age. Now that becomes your standard. Exactly. That was my standard. I, I mean, since I was four to 14, I always just try to be the best in. Did you feel the pressure of having to be the best? I put the pressure on myself just because... At what age? There was like a good year where I just didn't lose. And I'm like, wow, I'm... What age is this, though? Nine. But do you think that you're at nine putting that pressure, or do you think it has to do with some outside pressures that are saying, we're expecting you to be able to be this way? I think... 
I had really good mentors. So I don't, I don't think they put pressure on me because um, my Taekwondo instructor, my master, he was like a second father to me. Mm-hmm. He pushed me pretty hard, but he also knew what I was capable of. So he did expect a lot out of me. And, but he also, he also pushed me to be the best too. Okay. And since I grew up in that, I mean. Is there a dark side to that? Because when you, like, when you look at the highest level, uh, you know, highest level athletes, when you, uh, Tim Grover speaks about it, that there's this dark side to the Kobe Bryant's of the world, to the Michael Jordan's, to the Jean-Claude Van Damme's of the world. You know what I mean? Is there a dark side to it? And did you see it? Yeah. So thing at that age I always I was always winning I was always winning and I didn't know how to take a loss at at that age if I would if I get a silver or bronze I would not even put it on my neck I would I would carry in my hand and I would be so mad like for the rest of the night in a couple days so even though I was so young, I expected to win. I expected to be the best, and I didn't accept anything other than not win- like yeah. I didn't accept anything other than just winning. Was that things that you heard? Because again, like I'll have uh, there there'll be times where I'll sit with someone and they'll be like, you know, I'm just really hard on myself. And then as we go through it, it's like, no, we had a lot of people around that had expectations, whether they're positive or negative. Did you have the side of a person saying to you, Jordan, it's good, and preparing you for loss, or were they just saying that winning, like we need to win? Yeah, pretty much. We just. Uh, my mentors are like, you're the, you're the best. You could do this. You know what you're capable of. So just go out there and, and, uh, win. How would they react in the event that you got the bronze? They would see my reaction and how would they react to you? They would try to just be positive, bring positive energy to me, uh, just because they knew if I lost that took a big toll on me. And I think that is really what happened in 2022. Um, I experienced a big loss in my life. And you don't like the bronze. I don't, I don't like losing. So then I was, I kind of just went back to my winning mentality. I'm like, you know what? I know what I have in me. Like I lived this for 10 years. I'm flipping the switch and I'm going to do everything in my power to become the best version of myself. And, uh, I just got back to the winning mentality and let's put it in perspective though, too, because you said like, I I was listening to Jordan, uh, yesterday we got the chance to talk and he was like, it really changed because I was overweight. I was massively overweight and all the stuff. And he said massively overweight. I was like, wow, okay, this dude's going to come in at like 450, you know? And he was like, I was 210. I was like, man, I will hang up on you right now. I will he was like, I'm 40 pounds overweight. I was like, dude, I'm like 70 pounds overweight then. And 
when you said 210, I was like, well, 210, I mean, I, hey, I'm giving you some grace, bro. But I was mad at you because I was like, damn, he's going to come up in the studio and be like, damn, this guy is grossly overweight right now. But grossly overweight for you, and it, it helps with the perspective because when you were saying it, 40 pounds, I mean, you're sitting at a solid 170 now, mm-hmm. and you're just like, I mean, you're a straight diesel. Like, if you can't see it in the uh, in, in here, I mean, he's jacked out of his mind. Um but let's let's go to it. You don't have any children right now. No. You are single mm-hmm. and ready to mingle, ladies. You <laughs> yes, hear sir. it? There we go. <laughs> you better watch out. You better be able to do some pull-ups, ladies. <laughs> but um, if you had a child, though, if you had a child, you have a little niece or nephew. Uh, Not coming yet. Coming soon. Okay, coming soon. You got um, cousin, mm-hmm. little cousins. Yeah. If you had a little cousin. Nine years old. He goes into competition. Uncle Jordan or cousin Jordan is on the sideline. What do you say to him? I feel. Would you would you approach it different, knowing what you knew? Because you now you know the highs and lows, right? You know the dark side and you know the the the, the light side, definitely, right? And the switch when you talked about, I turned the switch on in in August, right? I turned the switch on, but there was a time where the switch turned off, right? For a while. But let's talk about what you would say to that cousin, that little cousin, and how you would encourage them now, knowing what you know. And then let's go to when the switch turned off and you started to kind of go down the road to grossly overweight at 210. <laughs> Man, I will smack you on that. Then I'll get knocked out, but hey. Um, so well, the thing I would say to my, my cousin, I feel like now um, during competition or during like game time, that's that's your time to show like what you've been practicing on okay. and show show the the world like okay this is go time so for as a like a coach or a mentor i probably wouldn't say much during the the competition but i would be very observant okay. and see how that person reacted what they need to work on and then from there, after the f- fight or game, that's when I would let them know, like, hey, like, you could have done this. This is what we need to work on. This is how you get better. But during the game, probably be very quiet and just observe. What if they took the bronze or the silver? What are you going to say to them? Knowing what you know now, like, there was things that you didn't want your coach saying to you when you got the the silver. You're kind of like, get out my face right now because I don't like it. But what would you say to that kid right now if they if they took the, the silver or the bronze? To be honest, I would probably smile just because uh, previously I was, I mean, now I'm still the most competitive person you'll ever meet. And I was so obsessed with winning but now that I'm older, I realize that you learn so much more and you could gain so much more from your losses. If you really hold it, hold, hone in on it and think about why, why did I just lose? And I didn't know that for, for 27 years. And then once I experienced like one of my biggest losses, I'm like, wow, the, what I could do with this energy right now is incredible, but I just have to use it in the right way. And uh, 
Yeah, I f- before when I growing up as a kid, I was uh, just so obsessed with winning, and that was just kind of my mentality. But after experiencing loss, I realized that I could grow from this, and uh, I'm gonna turn this loss into one of the biggest wins of my life. What about the tell, talk to us about the the switch turning off? Because what what I've talked about in the past or with my friends has been that it happens as a dimmer switch. It never happens like, bang, you're fat. You know what I'm saying? Like, bang, you're out of shape. You know, the switch doesn't turn off and be like, oh, you're depressed. Mm -hmm. It just goes like a dimmer switch. It's like, you don't even know. You're the frog in the pot, Uh right? And it's just going down, 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 down. And then you're like, damn, the water's hot. Or the lights are off. Mm -hmm. Now looking back at it, what was the beginning of the dimmer switch that started to go into? And when I say grossly overweight, you said it, but it's always relative, right? It's always relative because it's the feeling that you have. If you want to walk around at 170, walking around at 210 is is, uh, heavy for you, Mm -hmm. right? And so there are people out there that are like 210, I mean, shoot, like wherever you're the most comfortable, right? But when did the dimmer switch start to go now that you have the perspective? I think I lost sight of the things that I love doing most because um, I was just focused in my focused up moving, focused in moving up the corporate ladder. Okay. And uh, why? Because I want <laughs> Because you I, wanted to win. I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to win. Got I, it. It was the first job right out of college. So I wanted to prove myself. Got it. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to prove to my family I could be on my own and support myself. And uh, and I started, started, I had to become a man and start paying my own bills and figure out life in general. Yeah. So I started focusing on those things, and I lost sight of things that I love, like working out, uh, hanging out with loved ones. And I... I mean, I accounting, you, you work pretty strict hours, so or like a lot of hours. So I was working accounting hours. I was proving myself, but at the same time, I, was, I lost sight of the things I, I love most, which is like working out. Um, How did you lose sight when you were saying the loved ones? Was it just the time that you were spending with them? Was it the, were you just not present when you were there because you were thinking about something else? I, t- to be honest, for two years... I was working like 16, 17 hour days at, at my at my job in the office. Okay. So um, I was right out of college. I was hungry. I was working. Of course. I was, I was, I got overtime. So I'm like, Psh, I could work as many hours as I as I can. Like I'm making all this overtime. I'm making money. I'm making great money. No one else could like keep up with the hours that I'm working. So yeah. I just kept moving up, moving up, moving up. Did you find that the stress caused the weight gain? Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, over time, it just kept adding up. When did it become, like, evident to you? Because, again, when you're in it, like, I still look in the mirror today, and I'm like, man, you're in fourth grade. You're 10 years old. Because, like, I'm living with me. I don't see any changes. But then I look back at a picture, and I'm like, damn. I'm like, I looked at a picture the other day and my beard wasn't gray. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that was only a couple years ago. But I didn't see each gray come in every single day. 
when did you start to recognize there's something off here? There's something off. I'm starting to get into the dark. It's starting to go. The The dimmer switch is kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see it. When did you start to see it? I feel like I always knew in the back of my head. Like, there's always this voice in my ha- back of the head that... Uh, is it your voice? Is it your master's voice? <laughs> like, when I say your master, your karate master. Is that what you call, you call him? I call yeah. him sensei. Yeah, I call right? him Rex. taekwondo master. Okay, Rex Kwondo. Um, I feel like there's always two voices in your head. One that's like the lazy voice, like, oh man, like the couch and watching some football right now. sounds pretty good. Okay. And then there's also that other voice that you have in your head. Like, no, Jordan, like you should be studying. You should be working out right now. Like you want to continue to, to reach that goal. You gotta, you got, you know what you have to do. Yeah. And I kept just shutting that voice off. Yeah. Listening to the comfortable voice, or like, oh yeah, the, the couch sounds good. Yeah. Like, just sleeping until noon, noon sounds amazing today. And uh, that ain't gonna happen when you have kids. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> That's a different type of voice. It's a different type of voice. Go get me some milk, Daddy. That's what it is. And uh, I just kept shutting off the voice that I, I knew I should listen to. And uh, for four years, I just wasn't listening to that voice, and slowly. Everything just compounded in August. Yeah. And like you said, uh, the dimmer kept going down. And then I realized, shoot, like, I have no more lights in here. Like, I need to figure out. How was your attitude at the time? Because my my pops was always big uh, with me growing up. He would always be like, boy, your attitude is everything. Like, he told me that I was 98% attitude and 2% aptitude. And I was like, Dad, you saying I'm dumb? (laughs) And he said, no, you just have the attitude to realize that, you know, that your, your aptitude, you can gain your aptitude if your attitude's in the right place. So let's talk about your attitude during that time at that pivotal time when you then you you flip the switch because you went from literally like, hey, I'm down, I'm in the dark, I'm depressed to flipping the switch. And now you're a straight world record holder and you're an advocate for mental health now. Mm -hmm. Why is that so important as far as the mental health part of it for you? Yeah, because great question. I realized when I was at my lowest. I hated the person who I was. Um, I was always negative. I didn't have any self-belief or confidence in myself. I Negative like what? Like, were you the weren't weren't guy? Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to Disneyland. You'd be like, five people died there yesterday. You know what I mean? Were you <laughs> not, that kind of negative? Not to that extent. You weren't Eeyore? I was Eeyore. You were? I was Eeyore. Just a, yeah, yeah. My view, if you ask some of my good friends, you'd be like, Oh, Jordan's like you <laughs> being Eeyore today, just like walking around, just like with my head down. And was that the way that you were with your lady too? Yeah, and yeah. I I realized because of that, it, it didn't work out. Okay. Uh, Are we still trying to work on it though? I mean, would no. we bring her back into the life? No. 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 You're good. <laughs> no, I'm, good. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, that's like uh, when you're going through as on uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> you know when when you didn't watch Seinfeld because you're too young. But on Seinfeld, the, the guy was in medical school, uh-huh. and then he graduated and became a doctor. And he was like, 
you don't keep the same girl from medical school and when you become a doctor. Yeah. Like when you become a doctor, <laughs> when you become a doctor, then you know the field changes. Yeah. And, and they were joking about that. It's not as funny to you, but it's funny to me. And hopefully, anybody out there who's old that used to watch Seinfeld <laughs> makes me uh, makes me joyous. So uh, we're not looking to get back into. We're looking to move forward. Move forward. Okay. So we flip the switch. Talk to the kid right now that is in the Eeyore state that is maybe has put on some weight, um, doesn't want to get off the couch. And it's not the lazy voice that they hear. It's the one that makes them feel okay. So they've renamed that, that, that voice. Mm -hmm. And the one who say, get up, you can accomplish. That one is like the annoying voice. Mm -hmm. Cause you know what I'm saying? Like, because during that time you just name them something different Mm -hmm. and you're like, you're the cool voice. You love me. Mm -hmm. You're the annoying voice. Shut up. Yeah. Talk to that kid right now that's going through it and that is in the dark right now and doesn't know what to do. What's the first step? First step, you have to spend some time to yourself quietly and um, think about, like, why, why are you feeling this way? You really have to dig deep into your brain and really, like, Figure out why why you're feeling this way. Like, why am I feeling depressed? Why am I negative around my friends? And it's not easy, but you really have to be truth to yourself and tell yourself, okay, this is why I'm feeling like this. And once you do that, it, it, it could take a while, but once you figure out the main source of the, the problem, then you could just start attacking it, you know? For me, I, if there's an issue, I just try to attack that issue like right then and there. Because if I, what I did in the past is I just let that like linger over my head and I knew it, ju- it just causes more problems down the road. So one, you have to spend time to yourself, really think about like why you're feeling this way, what might be the, the main cause of, of the issue. And then from there, you have to figure out different ways to, to attack solution or attack the issue so if you got to go back right now and you got to hang out with little jordan that you know you said that you put a lot of pressure on yourself i don't think that you put a lot of pressure on yourself at nine years old i don't think that at nine years old you have that capacity thought process it's when you're put in a environment like when we were talking about environments when you're putting and i'm again i'm not a uh, like i don't know this stuff i'm irrational Uh, i have my own thoughts and maybe i'm completely wrong so yeah you know drop your comments and let us know be like Kelly you're full of garbage um but at you know you start at four you have a ton of things around you you're you're performing at a high level which is amazing if it was like a ghost of Christmas past right you've seen that you've seen Scrooge where the ghost comes in and he's like inside and he's around the person if you got to go and sit with little Jordan at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old, what conversation would you have with them? I would, looking back at it, because my dad, he would always tell me this. He, um, he would always tell me to follow, follow my dreams and passions. And I really wish I did because, uh, I mean, looking back at it, if, I feel like if I kept training for the Olympics, 
this could I could be wearing a different medal today instead of a world record. But uh, I lost sight of that for for years. My my passions and my dreams, and um, that took a huge toll on me mentally because. At what age? Right out of college. Right out of college, you started to feel it. Yeah. Talk to us about boarding school. You said something about boarding school. You glazed over that. Like, I, I don't, I mean, going to boarding school as a kid, I would have been like, yeah, that is great. Because I would have thought, you know, maybe your parents can't tell you what to do. Uh-huh. But that's a, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. What age did you go to uh, private, or did you go to boarding school? So, yeah, it was high school. <laughs> what as a freshman you went to boarding school yeah how is that emotionally for you because at 14 years old emotionally you're not i don't i don't know i mean we're we're the only animals we're or, you know species <laughs> that are we allow our kids to live with us till they're 18 i mean most like in the wild they're like hey, you're born get up yeah. running you better not get eaten we're out yeah um but at 14 years, I mean, 13, 14 years, I can't imagine. My daughter's about to go into high school. I can't imagine sending my daughter to boarding school. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, not a lot of people know about the school. Um, it's in Claremont. It's called Webb High School. And there's only 400 kids that go there um, total. So it's 100 per class. How often would you see your parents? Um, luckily, it was like 10 minutes away. So I'd, I'd probably see them every day. But you stayed in the dorms. I, I, I didn't, um, but like 75% of the school did. Wow. Yeah. So you would stay at home? I would stay at home, but I would always, like, my best friends were there, so I could always spend the night and uh, have that environment also. How was the impact, whether it would be positive or negative, on the, on the boarding school side? For me... Uh, my brother went there also. He had a different experience. But for me, it was probably one of the best experiences of my life. How was his experience? He didn't like it, uh, mostly because um, yeah, I just feel like we had, it was like Hogwarts. It was like super strict rules. Really? Like you would have to sign out if you wanted to go get lunch or you would have to, you would have to pretty much like mark down every step of where you're going. Okay. To the teachers, and it was very strict. Um, but my experience, um, it was awesome. I feel like I I was finally able to try something new. I did Taekwondo for from four to fourteen. Yeah. Entering high school, decided to not go to the Olympics, and I picked up football and baseball. And I'm like, wow, like. This is so much fun, like playing in a team sport. Like I've never really done in it before. I've only just been doing. Um, like single sports. Yeah. Can you talk to the difference between the two? Because when you're, uh, when you're uh, competing in Taekwondo, literally it's you. Like if you screw up, you have to take responsibility for it, which is awesome as you move forward in business and you move forward in life and relationships and things like that. And then there's team sports where it's like, man, I have to depend on this dude, but that also helps you in business because you're not going to be able to do it on your own. I mean, there's very few people, if any, that ever succeed on their own. So talk to the differences and advantages between uh, the, the two, the individual sports and the team sports. So individual, I feel like, I, I thrived at it just because I, it was just me and I controlled the situation. For team sports, man, I, 
I just loved it. I loved like playing with my best buddies. Luckily, I had a great uh, class for my class. We had like one of the best uh, baseball teams that we, we actually did have the best baseball team our school ever had. And like those are some of my best friends that I, I still have today. And uh, I realized in a sports, like in a team environment, um, I knew how to excel and like work with people like great, greatly. But I knew for a fact if I was kind of like brought the world record into place, I knew if I picked one task that I did individually, no matter what it is, and I could fully control it, then there's no way that I would be able to fail. And <laughs> there's not many, too many tasks that you could just do individually. It's either fighting, golf, and then I started looking at some, like, individual physical, like, attempts and started researching pull-ups. I was like, wow, like, there's no pull-up records past 24 hours. There are for push-ups. So there are long-term push-up records. Yeah. But nothing for pull-ups. Because they're so hard, man. <laughs> like, no one wants to get in that game. <laughs> exactly. No one wanted to do it. And there's nothing on YouTube about someone doing, like, a thousand pull-ups a day. There are a hundred videos like, oh, I've done, I've done a hundred pull-ups for, for, like, a month. And I'm like, ah, like, that doesn't excite me and then like why is there nothing like over 100 or 200 pull-ups like i just did 500 in the gym today and there's nothing on it so i that's and explain explain to the people too how long it takes you because we were talking on the phone yesterday and i said and i wanted i was trying to get into it like how many sets you do and you were like well i do them five at a time and then I rest for 15 to 20 seconds, and then I do another five. And so you do 200. Yesterday, you did 600 sets of five pull-ups. Yes. Yes, sir. With a 15 to 20-second break in between. So it would be 300. 300 times. No, wait. No. It would yeah. be 600. No. Two. 600 times five is, is uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It's like, I think I range like 250 to 300. Yeah, 400, uh, 400, uh, 400 times five is, uh, that would be 2,000, right? Yes, I'm off on that. What am I doing, man? <laughs> so it would be, two, be 200 sets. Mm -hmm. two, but still, 200 sets. So uh, kids, uh, please don't check out my math channel. Um, <laughs> so 200 sets of five apiece and 15 seconds in between each one. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going, man. I this is nuts. If you pull up one of my workouts, I am drenched. Like, I, it's there's puddles of sweat. Okay, now, I believe. I mean, you're a lion. You are a lion. You're an alpha. Like, you're 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 a killer. You're an apex predator. Um, you know, it's amazing to be able to see the construction of it because a lot of times people are like, no, it's just in me. I mean you had training like your whole life built up to and it's amazing that way but talk to us about to some of the roadblocks that you had because you wanted to do the guinness book of world records right mm -hmm. and i still believe guinness i mean we're gonna get like anyone out there that is listening there's a couple of things number one there's a pull-up band uh, uh that is going to be an endorsement for you so you're because you're the pull-up man 1100 in one day <laughs> 
and that's going to keep going. And up. it's going to keep going. We have, we've got a world record right here. 31,125 pull-ups in 30 days. Yes, sir. 30 days. Right now for the year, you have how many? So today is day 89, and I will have completed 94,000 pull-ups since the start of the year. 94,000 pull-ups. Okay. <laughs> this know, is it's, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You got a hat right here too. So this is the uh the, what is what is this one? So this is the nonprofit organization that I'm currently uh working with. Okay. And uh, it's called NAMI. They're the biggest nonprofit organization in the world centered around mental illness. Okay. And uh for me, I knew how much working out and just being active in general had such a big impact on my mental state. Um, so then I just started researching mental health companies, and luckily I was uh, able to get in contact with NAMI San Diego. Yeah. And I have a great relationship with them, and I, I told them about the project. And um, it's great because all the proceeds in the donations of my project yeah. They're going straight to people that are really need help, like right now. You know, yeah. like, and I know I knew when I was in my my deepest moment. I wish I had had help, like in in those moments at that time. And that's what that's what the the fundraiser and the money will be going towards. Well, I think I think it's one of the greatest times in the in the world because there was a time with me growing up where there wasn't the awareness. So. I, it used to always confuse me. Person would be like, yo, can you sponsor me to run? Because I'm running for cancer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you're running. Like, yeah. you ain't doing that. Like, and and I would I would maybe donate or, may, you know, if we could, if we'd had enough money. But I was like, how does that even correlate? But nowadays, being able to gain the awareness through YouTube, through Instagram, and gain that awareness, now brands can come in and help to be able to do it. And then kids get involved and it becomes this movement. You're creating a movement. There's a guy named James Dixon that you need to meet. Okay. He's on Absolute Motivation, which is the YouTube channel. It has 1.4 million subscribers and he's the voice on there. Okay. He's also a model on uh, for Under Armour wow. and he's a, a, a amputee. So uh, he's got like below one knee. Um, he has he has a prosthetic. Was he and 257? He was 257. Okay, you listened to him. He was gangster. <laughs> So it's amazing because in today's society, you can meet James Dixon now. There can be joining of he's Superman, right? I would say that you're <laughs> Iron Man to me. I mean, doing a thousand push-ups a day. But it's amazing uh, being able to gain the awareness. Because, again, as a kid, it confused me when people were like, we're um, walking for the cure. I was like, no, you're walking. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that correlates. But now, and they were definitely making a difference. But now, more than ever, because you can gain so much awareness. The crazy thing for me is you're doing this all, and you're doing your job <laughs> also. Yeah. How are you able to do both at that level? And if you had the opportunity, would you want to just be doing this? Yeah. So the way I do it, I really have to prioritize my time. Um, it takes me... How many do you think you could do if it was just your job? Like, that's all you did and you didn't have to do the other stuff. I'd be able to double it. You would be able to do 2,000. Yeah. 2,000 2, pull-ups a day. Yeah. 
So if anyone tried to break it, they got to shatter it. <laughs> they got to shatter it. They got to go. Because right now there's not even anyone playing in that field, Mm-mm. right? I mean, you just shattered, like, there wasn't a 30-day before you. So it's funny because, like I mentioned before, when I was reprogram- reprogramming my brain and I listened to all the motivational what TikTok. What were you listening to on so, TikTok? You know, what were the things that they were saying to you? you know, it was like, do pull-ups, do pull-ups, <laughs> Jordan. You're the man. The one TikTok that changed my life, I'm not sure if you... You've heard of David Goggins? Of course. So he did, he attempted, he broke the Guinness World Record in 2006 for most pull-ups in a day, 24 hours. Did you beat him? Uh, I, so now the record has doubled since, since he broke it. Okay. So he did, it was 4,100 in a day, which I could do pretty confidently. Now it's 8,000. 8,000 in one day? In 24 hours. So someone beat David Goggins? Someone, I mean, it's been broken multiple times. Okay, so if you're out there listening too, we need to have Jordan meet David Goggins. David Goggins is my brother's favorite in the world, so I need to meet him anyway. I need to have him on the podcast. So David Goggins, if you're out there and you're listening, um, or you have a friend who is listening, or you have a a person who possibly knows you, but I know you're in Vegas, David Goggins, you need to meet Jordan. And what I want to do is have the two of you together and for you guys to go at it and see who stops first. (laughs) Man, I think we'd be going for 24 hours, multiple Days, probably. What but, was the thing that, that David yeah. Goggins said that, that really pushed you? So in the TikTok, <sighs> I remember this vividly. He, when he was training for the, the Guinness World Record, he did over 67,000 pull-ups in a nine-month time frame. And you're gonna smash that. <laughs> I already did. I, okay. I, I, <laughs> oh yeah, you're at ninety. I'm at ninety in ninety days. In eighty days. Yeah. What's up with that, David Goggins? <laughs> Where are you at? Where are you at, David Goggins? So I, I'm an accountant, and uh, I had my Excel sheet open. I'm like, sixty-seven thousand in nine months. I wonder what that is daily. Pulled. Up, I did the math. It's two hundred fifty a day. I was like, I just did five hundred like thirty minutes ago. Like, I wonder if I could do it again. So I did it again the next day. And then I did it again the next day. And then I did it again the next day. I was like, no one could do this. I'm contacting Guinness to see the process on how to set a world record. Yeah. And from there, I mean, if you go on Guinness's website, fill out the application, it says six, seven weeks until you get a response back. So I'm like, oh, man, that's annoying. I got to wait six weeks just just for a response. So during that time, I was still working out. I was still studying. Didn't really know where this idea would go. And then they, about six weeks later, or five and a half weeks later, they're like, so, like, hey, Jordan, we love your project. We think it's a great idea. But unfortunately, in order to work with us, you're going to have to pay $18,000 up front to set one new world record. And I was like, wow, I waited five, six months, or five, six weeks just to get that response and have someone shut down my dreams because I don't have that in my budget to pay. Jordan, there's someone out there listening right now. <laughs> that's gonna. I, I, I can tell you that there's someone out there, and if you are out there listening and you, like, you're a mental health advocate, you see a Jordan, you see him wanting to live his dreams, 
I believe that there's someone, if not multiple people out there that are going to fund that dream, that are going to help you to be able to uh, get that Guinness Book of World Record because you already have it. Like you're the people's champion anyway, <laughs> but imagine to be able to have that. And when you when talk to us too about when you got that response that here I'm working towards this thing and now the finances are a barrier mm-hmm. to it. How did you feel? It's funny because the way the timing all came together. So that day, that day, I got that email. It was honestly the day I, it was probably the day I've been the most sore in my entire life. That day, that day I got got the email. And uh, it was the first time. Or I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I could do a pull-up today. It wasn't sore, soreness. It was beyond that, where, like, I probably, like, did stuff to my biceps, forearms, or, like, I couldn't even hang on the bar. It was that day where I got rejected from Guinness. And it was the first time in months where I considered just having an off day and taking a day off. So... This whole day, I'm like, man, kind of down on myself. I'm like, I've been training for for weeks now, and I just got shut down like that. And Guinness wants me to work with someone else. That's how they ended the email. So I was in the gym, trying to do some pull-ups, trying to do cardio, try to get the lactic acid out of my arms. And you know what? I, I you know, I I said. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll, I'm going to take my first rest day. So I st- started walking out of the gym. And then once I started to close the door to the gym, an overwhelming sensation, like, like, a sensation I can't even describe, but it was from a higher power for sure. I closed the door, tried to close the door. I couldn't. Couldn't close the door. Something just wouldn't let me close the door. So I'm like, a man who can do 1,100 <laughs> pull-ups in a day can't shut a damn door. I couldn't. I couldn't shut the can't door. Can't shut the door. It was just a mental block. Like okay. I, I can't. Like what? Like I couldn't figure out why I'm feeling this way. So sometimes I get that feeling with the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't shut the fridge, Kelly. <laughs> just one more snack. <laughs> exactly. That's how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> so the higher power stopping the door. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hit, hit me there. Keep so going. then I walk back to the pull-up bar, and I'm like, I'm in so much pain right now. Probably not smart to do a pull-up, but let's figure it out if I can. If I could do one, I did one. I took that first step, and then maybe we could move forward and do two. So for 20 minutes, I try to do one. I finally get my head above the bar. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes just to do one pull-up. So I got my first pull-up. I was like, okay. We got somewhere. And then a couple minutes later, I got two. And then three. And then four. And then 20 minutes later, I look at my my log sheet. And I'm at like 250. I'm like, I don't understand. What changed from an hour ago to now? Where I, in my head, I just thought I couldn't do it. And uh, once I ended up doing 500 pull-ups that day again, 
And then I was like, you know what, Guinness? You want me to work with someone else? I will. And then that's how I found World Record Academy. Bang, bang. <laughs> For uh, Wayne, Wayne Freeman, you're, uh, you're driving and you're mad when I do this. But we're in the studio right now. I'm actually holding up the world record right now. I've got the golden seal. I've got the QR code. And I've got 31,125 pull-ups in 30 days. I got that in my hand right now. So Wayne Freeman, I love you. I don't like the Chiefs at all. I love the Titans. So there you have it. Um, that is it's unbelievable. Do you realize that you have the recipe? I mean, this is the recipe for your success that you're going to have in your business moving forward. You realize that? Mm -hmm. Do you realize that that is the building blocks for it, the foundational part? The I mean, do you realize that you have something that um, that entrepreneurs they search for? A lot of time entrepreneurs go back and try and teach this to other people to become entrepreneurs, but they don't realize that this thing that you have, the thing that didn't close the door, yeah. the thing that said 20 minutes for one pull-up when you were doing 500 the day before and be able to press through, do you, do you recognize that that's a recipe for every single thing in your life that you're going to be able to be successful at whatever you put your mind to? Yeah. I mean, I... I put myself through fire every day during these workouts. And I know if, if I could just figure out a way mentally to, to get to a thousand, then whatever life throws at me, I know I mentally will be able to be prepared because I know life is the, life's the hardest thing in general. <laughs> like you don't know, like there's so many curveballs that life can throw at you that you can't see. Um, just working out this hard every day, at least I know that I could be prepared, more prepared than the next person, you know. So how do you how do you keep the the mind um, the mind straight, right? Because there's uh, we've talked about it a little bit where you got uh, you got mindset, right? Mindset develops a skill set. But most people don't talk about the one thing that develops the mindset, which is the heart set. Mm -hmm. And this was a big one for me with my mom because my mom used to always tell me I was awesome. And I was like, you're my mom. You're supposed to say that. And she would constantly encourage me from a from very, very little kid. I mean, from the time I can remember, scratch my back, you're awesome. And mm -hmm. she'd say, you're beautiful. And then she'd say, you can do anything that you put your mind to. But I, I realized later on, and when my, I, my daughter was struggling with her grades, and I, uh, I called my pop, and my pop was like a disciplinarian, kind of like military guy, and uh, I said, pop, like she's struggling with her grades. He said, boy, she's not her grades. And I was like, this doesn't sound like my pop. My pop was like, you know, alpha. You know, he, he's an a apex predator. <laughs> he's like, you know what, you set your mind to it, you go at it. And he said, she's not her grades. So what do you mean, Pop? He said, be careful. Because you may be encouraging her to get better grades, but she can correlate that with an accomplishment will get your attention. And he said, separate yourself from your accomplishments. And that's what my mom was saying my whole entire life. How when you perform at that level that you do, doing a that um, I'm doing a disservice by saying a thousand because it was 1,100 yesterday. 1,100 pull-ups, 
31,000 in, in, uh, in 30 days, 94,000 right now. Mm-hmm. Smashing David Goggins. Where are you at, David? <laughs> How do you separate Jordan and the accomplishments as you move forward? Because if we recall in August, mm-hmm. accomplishment kind of took us into the dark. Yeah. How do we separate as we move forward? That's why I said three long-term goals for myself Mm. because this one this month goal um i knew i knew for a fact just based off my willpower and my pride for 30 days i i knew just based off those i could get a thousand pull-ups in in 30 days however my biggest goal was the year goal and I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do a thousand pulls. Yes, you can. We believe in you. You want to know why you can? So I don't have to. Because <laughs> if, if, if I see it, then you're my friend. And this is how I built my whole entire life, Jordan. I have the coolest friends in the world. You asked me before we started, you were like, how do you keep getting guests on the show? I said, because I have cool friends. And you were like, I, I guess that works. The reason why I have cool friends is because they do cool things. And when they do cool things, I don't have to do them. So now I don't have to be the pull-up master because I got Jordan. There you go. Like if people ask me about uh, pull-ups, I'll be like, you know, my boy Jordan, he's got me. You know what I mean? (laughs) There you go. So, but I know you're going to do, I mean, we know that you're going to do it. And there's going to be, the crazy thing is, is there's people's wheels already turning right now. There's endorsement deals in the works right now. Really. There's endorsement deals. There's, there's product deals in the, in the works right now because a product that maybe a pull-up bar, maybe the pull-up bands, mm-hmm. the mental health aspect of it. There are companies out there that are like, I want to get Jordan on my team. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can see right now on Absolute Motivation, you doing the pull-ups and James Dixon talking over the top of it That'd to 1.4 awesome. million subscribers on YouTube. That'd be awesome. <laughs> right? So you said, you said the month, yeah. the year. Tell me about the big thing, though. So... I set three goals uh, for 2023. Got it. The month, the sixth month, which I will be completing in June. What's the your end. sixth month? What is there a goal? Is there a number? There is a number. What's the number? Can you tell us? Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, so it's a 180-day time frame. Got it. So during that 180 days, my goal is to, to hit 200K. <laughs> <laughs> 200,000 push-ups, or pull-ups, pull-ups, sorry, pull-up. I can't even do 200,000 (laughs) stand-ups. That's a good one. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set my record. Guinness, I'm coming at you. We're going to do, you know, we're going to fund this, uh, you know, you need to come in. I'm going to do 200,000 stand-ups. That means I'm going to take a nap 200,000 times, and I'm going to stand my butt up. 200,000 pull-ups mm-hmm. in 180 days. 180 days. You're already on pace. On pace. Five days ahead. Five days ahead. Actually, no. I 200,000, I am currently on pace. If You're I keep, on pace. If I keep my pace, then yeah. I'll hit it on okay. my last day. <laughs> well, 
okay, but how is it, like when we were talking about you're single, ready to mingle too, how could, in a relationship, how can you keep up with you? Do you have to have a person who's going after something that's like crazy audacious like that also? I don't know. Still figuring out. Do but. you hold Do you hold your friends to these kind of standards? Because if so, I don't want to be your friend. You know. <laughs> it's funny because I want to try a pull up. I, I I can't I can't do a pull up right now. Now that you're saying it, actually, while we're together, I'll want to. But then when you leave, I'll be like, Nah, I'm good. I'm good. It, it'll be fine. Well, let's see. Yeah, my my friends. Uh, me and my friends in August, we had a group chat together. Like me and my best friends. Did everyone leave once you came in? Because they were like, damn, he's going to be like, yo, I just did 9 million pull-ups today. Was, How about funny. you, chumps? It's funny because they were in better shape than me at, at that but time. But they can't do the pull-ups. No, I mean. They when, could do them more? When, in August. In August, okay. when I was overweight, we had a group chat together. And uh, my friends, they were all in better shape than me. Okay. But you got them now. Oh, yeah. You got them now. <laughs> but one of my friends, uh, my friend, friend Luis, did this he messaged me he was like my goal for the end of the year i just want to work harder than jordan and i was like that ain't gonna happen <laughs> what's his name Luis. 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 that ain't gonna happen bro like Luis, i'm sorry man but and i don't mean to be a crusher of the dreams but Luis, that ain't happening bro yeah and then he ended up just giving up like he's he like right he did he was like i've jordan like he's taking it way too far like <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you don't take too far because uh. <laughs> when you're an alpha, you're an alpha, right? And when you're when you're an apex predator, my brother's like this. My brother sometimes has to peel back on things because I mean he's a killer. I like him to be a killer though. Like I I, I love to be in the in the presence of killers and <laughs> allow them to just be killers. Uh-huh. Right? Is there places where you have to peel back sometimes? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, competition like board games. <laughs> uh yeah like it, sometimes like all right guys like you could win this game i know if i if i keep going it's gonna bug me for like a good week or so <laughs> Be, being a martial arts guy were there people that would test you like know that you were a martial arts guy and then be like yo like i'm trying to pick a fight with you growing up yeah did it end bad um luckily, or did you have that that daniel son control yeah that's you pretty did. much the first thing i was taught okay um, in martial arts to pretty much just de-escalate things and only use it if you, if you need to. Did you ever have to, did you ever have to teach somebody a lesson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> did it end quickly? Did it, did it end quickly when, when it, when it escalated? Yeah. Was it, was it sad because you knew what was going to happen to the person? So it'd be like, if I challenged you to a pull-up competition right now, you'd be like, come on. And then if I pressed, you'd be like, come on. And then, <laughs> and then if I pressed more, you'd be like, okay, now I'm gonna whoop your ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it, is it that kind of situation? Set the scene for us. Uh, I was just, uh, a really, how old I was were you? In middle school. You were in middle school. So how old are you at the time? Like thirteen? Yeah. Okay, 13. thirteen. Are you tall at the time for your age? Or are you shorter at the I time? Was shorter. Are you smaller than the kids? Um, they were just taller than me. Okay, they're taller than you. And so uh, they're giving you the business. What are they saying? They, I don't even remember. It might have been about a girl, to be honest. Okay. 
And Most of the time it is, ladies. <laughs> it's all your fault. I gave a I gave a hard time. We did uh, Secret Knock. If you haven't got a chance to go to Secret Knock, too, it's unbelievable. The greatest uh, networking convention in the world. And uh, I got a chance to co-host it this year, and then I'm co-hosting next year in 2024. And I was joking about about women and giving them a hard time. Absolutely love women, respect them at the highest level, my daughter, my wife. But when I made that joke, all the ladies were like, <sighs> ladies, you know I love you. You're fine. Um, but you do cause some problems. So yeah, he, it was a lady. Yeah, we were arguing. I'm not too sure what the argument was about. Pretty sure it was about a girl. He ended up shoving me. and was, Did you stay calm with the first shove? Um, or was he talking? Because a lot of times they're talking, talking, talking. Nah, nah. Yeah, he was talking and getting in my face. So then I was like, okay, like this is being like aggressive. I'm getting attacked now. Okay. So he pushed me, and instantly when he pushed me, I got into like Stan- John Claude yeah, Van Damme stance. I got into like uh, kicking territory where like I'm in like area to kick him now. So uh-huh. then, I kicked him in. Did you see it in your mind before it happened? Like, you know, Sherlock Holmes where you were like, I'm going to strike him to the thigh. He's going to go down. Then I'm going to hit him with a kill shot. Mortal Kombat and pull his heart out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I was in like prime Taekwondo at that time. Like I was training to, for the nationals. Okay. And uh, like this guy had a big ego on him. So he pushed me. I stayed calm. And just one kick to the thigh, just uh, mm. he just shut down. And he started crying for the whole school, and <laughs> he didn't come back for a few days. <laughs> so there, you didn't have to jump. Oh, you didn't have to uh, end it. It was just the one, sh- just one shot. And I went back to class, put my backpack on, like hat. <laughs> like no way. <laughs> That's some gangster stuff, man. Jordan's a gangster. You better watch out. You see Jordan on the street, you better not mess around. He'll pro- pull out a pull-up bar, dude, like 17,000 uh, pull-ups, and then kick you in the thigh. That's what, you, that's what you do. Yeah, take out their legs. They can't go after you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so in a perfect world, like in a perfect world, um, when I talk about the endorsement wise, like I, I see those things right off the bat. Like I said, I see a pull-up band. I see a pull-up band that's endorsed by uh, Jordan. I see a pull-up bar that's endorsed by Jordan. But maybe I'm thinking a little, uh, you know, I, I see, um, you know, whether it be the type of shoes. Please don't wear them string tank tops to the gym too. You know the tank tops that I'm talking about. Yeah. Please don't wear them. If you wear those, don't wear those. If you're wearing them and you're listening to the podcast right now, no dude should ever wear a string tank top. Uh, please don't do it. Even if you're that big. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. Jordan's looking at me like, I wear them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I was going to wear oh, one to hear. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the thought in a string tank top, man? Shoot, I mean. You know the ones I'm talking about. It's just like, just a little tiny. You just, just flexing? Yeah. You just, just want to show it off. Might as well just show it off. Just show it off. You got a thousand. I guess, I, I guess once I get to three pull-ups a day, which will be like a year, um, maybe I'll wear a string, string tank top. There we uh, go. When that goes. But, um, so, you know, in a perfect world, um, you know, if, I, if we had the magic wand, um, what would Jordan's business look like if you got to do exactly? And when I say exactly what you want to do, I've been very fortunate, man. And people are, I always tell people I have the greatest job in the world. And I've always had the greatest job in the world because I've always done exactly what I love to do. I've, in my professional life, I've never done anything that I didn't want to do. Uh-huh. Now, I clean toilets. I didn't want to do that. But it was a part of what I was doing. 
in that perfect world, let's paint the picture of the perfect Jordan world as you move forward. Shoot. Perfect world. Um, I personally think if I, if this was the only thing I was focusing on and I put all my time and effort into this, every single push-up, every single pull-up record for Guinness, World Record Academy, I think I could have every single one for the 24 hours, six hours, the push-up record that I'm eyeing in 2023, which is 1.5 million. I think I could break that. <laughs> that might be my goal for 2023. So uh, I haven't told anyone yet. So you got you told, how many podcasts you've been on? Two, two, three. three. Awesome. Yep. So, I mean, and this, this a million, 1.5 million push-ups. 5,000 a day. <laughs> 5,000 a day for seven days a week. Mm-hmm. 5,000 a day. 5,000 a day for a year, and I'll end up having 1.8 million push-ups, shattering the current record. What would it take to put Jordan in that situation? And most of the time, like with the podcast, as you guys know, I, there's generally, I, I'm, I'm not asking for anything when we're doing it. All I'm asking is that you listen, subscribe, match the subscribe button, especially if you're on YouTube, and also that you share it. Listen, watch, share, subscribe. And put a review on Apple. Yeah. That, that would be a good <laughs> one too. What would it take for Jordan to be in that spot? Just uh, more financial freedom. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I had more capability and more freedom to, to work on these goals, I know for a fact that every single record that Guinness has, I, I, I had the chance to break it. And I know previously Guinness didn't want to work with me, but at the end of this year, I feel like they, they will have no choice um, because if I keep doing this for, what is it, nine months straight, every pull-up record, 24-hour, six-hour, one-hour, I think I could break. So at that point, if I'm breaking all the Guinness's records, they have no choice to, uh, to acknowledge me. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we want them to acknowledge you anyway. And if you're out there, if you're out there and you have any sort of connection, um, make sure that you connect with Jordan um, on this. Jordan, what's what's next? You said you alluded to it a little bit in 2024. We're going for the push up. I'm going to do the stand up challenge. Um, I'm going to stand up more times than any other person in the, the in the history of man. Um, and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face, man. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to keep opening that fridge and, and the snack uh, cupboard. Uh, <laughs> you, better, you better have the biggest smile on your face tonight. Oh, you <laughs> no, I'm not, because I know what's possible, man. I'm, like, seriously, this morning when I was getting ready, I was like, damn, should I try a pull-up? I was looking for places in my house to grab a hold of, and I was like, no, the door will come down if my big ass grabs a hold of it. Um but what what else is next? What else is next for you? Yeah, so I'm gonna continue to work towards the six month and then the year. Got it. See how I feel after a year. Um, at that time, I should be ready to break the 24 hour 
Guinness World Record for most pull-ups in a What day. is it right now? 8,008. Okay. I think I... I think I'm in reach. 8,008. Which is seven pull-ups a minute for 24 hours. <laughs> and that was previously set by Goggins at 4,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you already got that. You got 4,000 yet? Um, Have you ever done 4,000? No, but I know I could do it. Okay, so David Goggins. Uh, but I think you, you guys just need to be friends. Uh, yeah. David Goggins Jeez. and you need to be friends. Then that way, well, we'll bring J- David Goggins on the podcast and then my brother will get to meet him, which my brother is like, you know, if I could do that, that would be awesome for him. And then you challenge him. We'll set up the pull-ups and we'll do the whole nine. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if we ch- if I challenge Goggins, me and Goggins, uh, we would probably be going for, for Dave's. And that would be amazing. And it's it's incredible. We should create some. I, I think that we should create an event here in Carlsbad. Yeah. Create an event, and we'll have David Goggins come and speak at it. I'll have a bunch of my friends come and speak at it. So I'm going to get working on that. If you're out there and you're listening and you are anywhere connected or close to David Goggins, please reach out. Let me know because we want to create an event here in uh, in Carlsbad. We're doing the Vibe Room, which is April 27th. We've got Sean Whalen, uh, okay. Lions Not Sheep. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing him there. Uh, we've got an a all-star cast there, the Vibe Room, in Orem, Utah, April 27th. Um, make sure that you check that out. It's on the website. We're going to do a vibe room here, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put out every single feeler that I have to try and get David Goggins here and have him come and be able to interview him, and then we'll be able to hopefully get you guys together. That would be amazing. Yeah, Goggins is my hero, and he turned my life around, so any... If I have a chance to meet him, that would be awesome. You're going to have a chance to meet him, man. I mean, we, we just put that out uh, put that out there and it'll go. I started the podcast because of iconic people like yourself. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, you're a, a true superhero, right? Um, it, it, I, I, if I was you, I would have come in body paint today. Actually, I just would have come with a Speedo and some baby oil on. Um, but that's why God didn't bless me the way that he blessed you uh, with that will and thought process. It's amazing. Um, but I wanted to take iconic figures like yourself, and I wanted my kids to see that anything in life was possible as long as you had the right attitude and the right work ethic. Mm-hmm. And you have the mix of both of them. I want to encourage you and speak life into you because there is the endorsement deals coming. They're going to happen. The products that are going to happen, the pull-up band is going to happen, and that's a very simple one. Um, the pull-up bar is going to happen. Um, you know, the endorsements through uh, whether it be different products, athletic gear, things like that, those are going to happen. And also a book is going to happen for you because you need to be able to tell your story that that from that, you know, dimmer switch, this you know, child phenom at four years old, starting off becoming, you know, a a world champion, all those things. And now being a world record holder, those things are going to happen. So I want to speak that life to you. Um, Thank you. you. But both my kids, I, I started the podcast because of them. And I wanted to, I wanted them to see that, you know, that anything in life is possible, anything. So what advice would you have for Maddox and McKenna? And if you could say both their names, it would be awesome. So Maddox and McKenna, if I were to give you one piece of advice, yeah, I mean, the reason why I started this project was one, I kind of wanted to to tell my kids and my future nieces and nephews the same thing. If you truly work hard towards something and you're consistent 
and you put your full amount of effort into something, there's no reason why you can't accomplish that goal. And uh, I lost sight of that for many years, but it's true. If you're disciplined and you're dedicated and you really put your mind to something, then you could really achieve whatever you want in life. And uh, that's the reason why, that's one of the main reasons why I started this project because when I'm older, I want to look at my kids and my nieces and nephews and tell them the same thing. And uh, one thing is just telling them, but showing them is another one. So I wanted to have undeniable proof as well that you could do it. Jordan, you are the David Goggins to so many other people. There's so many kids out there that are going to hear you, they're going to listen to you, and they're going to be like Jordan Vega. Jordan Vega. The way that you admire a David Goggins, people admire you that way. I hear people in our community here in Carlsbad speak about you the way that you speak about David Goggins. I want you to look into the camera over there, and I want you to say, my name is Jordan Vega, and these are the things that I'm going to do. My name is Jordan Viega, and uh, in 2022, I'm going to set three world records. One for 2022? Most- that already happened, man. Come <laughs> on. Honest, Come honest, on, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My name is Jordan Viega, and in 2023, I'm going to set three world records. One for most pull-ups in a month. Two, most pull-ups in six months. And three, most pull-ups in a year. And uh, after those three world records are completed, I also be be entertaining other daily world records and not too sure which one but in 2023 I will also be going for to trying to break not set the most push-ups in uh 2020 2024 there we go there we go man uh we are gonna run a quick commercial break before uh, before I, we, we got some uh, final thoughts with this man, but um, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. The way I see it is you've got two choices. You can either keep pretending like nothing bad's ever going to happen to you, and then when it does, you're saying, uh-oh, or you can get ahead of what's coming so that when it does, not if, you're ready for it, and you're sitting pretty, sipping on Mai Tais next to the pool, working on that Caribbean suntan, because you got it covered. So folks, it's time for you to learn the truth about money. It's time for you to take back control of your money so that you are ready for what's about to happen. By doing that, you're setting yourself up for absolute success. No matter what comes your way, you're ready for it. And that's what I want for you, and I wanna help you with that. So go to chrisnoggle.com and sign up for the Wealth Webinar. We do them every Wednesday at 1 p.m., and you need to be there, because it's time. Uh Uh-oh, it looks like we piqued your interest in the hideout. First of all, let me tell you what the hideout is not. The hideout is not for hustlers, for grinders, or for people who are looking for a shortcut to what the world calls success. The hideout is about growing as men, creating lifelong friendships, and having the time of our lives. Are you ready to tap in to the endless source that will take you from success to significance? The hideout is two and a half days of hiking, biking, and doing the little things that it takes to create lifelong friendships. I find that joy is nothing more than falling in love with your current circumstances and allowing magic to happen. And that's when we see growth in every area of your life. 
Have you accomplished your goals professionally and financially, and you still thirst for something more? Has success in these areas come at the expense of far more valuable things, like your family, your children, and your relationships? Alignment in business, strategic partnerships, and joint ventures all come from true relationships. The Hideout is designed to get to know people before you'll ever need them. This is not your typical mastermind. The Hideout is focused on the one thing that will fuel everything, joy. And when joy is overflowing in your life, you'll find growth in your marriage, your relationships, and oh yeah, your business. I'm back with Jordan Vega. Did I say it wrong? Is it Viega? It's Vega. It's, it's Vega. Vega. You said Viega just a second ago. I know. It's, oh, it's, man. It's a big controversy. In between, your family? Between my mom and dad. Okay. That's how it was with my family, too, <laughs> because Cardenas, we would say Cardenas, but in the, the Spanish language, there's no, like, soft E. Yeah. And so there would be roll of the R and the whole, I can't even roll my R's. So my so. dad says Vega. My mom says Viega. So and your mom is right. <laughs> I know, right? So that's, I mean, that's what happened for like 20 years. You I better mean. learn that, man. But I'm like, no, it's it's my dad's name. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, if you learn that, you're single right now, right? You're single. So uh, ladies out there, help help a brother out. They, 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 that's going to be it. It's incredible being able to sit with you, man, as a superhero, because most of the time um, people recognize like the greatest at what they do once they become on the top of the world and then they're untouchable. The crazy thing is, is while I was sitting watching the commercial, it's like sitting with Steph Curry even before he went to Davidson. Be, because it would be easy for people to praise Steph Curry now. It would be easy for a company to be able to grab Steph Curry now and be like, yo, I want you to endorse my shoe. It wasn't that easy then. Imagine that, guys. If you're listening right now and you have a company you have an absolute superhero, one of the greatest of all times that I'm talking to right now, that this is his life mission. And to be able to have the opportunity to be able to latch to you now and have an NIL deal now, name, like, uh, name, image, and likeness now with you, it's unbelievable because the things that you're going to be able to do, and not only that, the, but the mindset part of it, um, so I, I just want to, again, I can't speak enough life into you, man, about what is going to happen, the people that you're going to be around, the people that you'll meet and the people that you're already impacting. And I can't say it enough too, man, that to those kids that are listening or the women that are listening, the guys that are listening, your voice is that David Goggins to other people, man. Man, that means the world to me. <laughs> <laughs> if, if someone would have told me that like six, seven months ago, I... One probably would have laughed at them and never believed them, but it's just crazy. Just hearing you say that is just like, wow, I could finally see my, my hard work paying off, you know, and it just means a lot to me. Well, it's, it's, it's coming. I mean, hell, like, you know, when I look at it, <laughs> I mean, you a baby, right? Yeah. So, I mean, in August, in August, the lights were off 
and we're talking in we're at the end of March and you're a world record holder. You're going for more. You're going to smash every record in 2023 and in 2024 you're already going for the push-up one. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're already you know thinking about that and imagine all the ones and then the the people that it will inspire as you go along. It's incredible, man. So uh, my hats off to you. I just want, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I'd love to have you on again. Um, this is, this is, it's humbling to me, man. And it's, it's super inspirational. Although, um, my wife, Brooklyn, please don't think that I'm going to do a thousand pushups a day. That's probably not going to happen. Um, most likely not. Uh, but it's so inspiring because it's one of those things that you help people to see that things are possible, man. And I want my hats off to you. Thank you. Thank you. Now's the time uh, that every one of you out there that are listening, that you're watching, share it with anyone that uh, possible. If you, if you have a company, um, honestly, like if you have a company that's aligned, um, reach out to Jordan, reach out to him through his social media, through his YouTube channel. Um, Check that out. Also too, um, if you're close, anywhere close to David Goggins, um, one degree of separation away. I, I believe I have a couple of friends who are a couple of separation, uh, degrees of separation away. Uh, Mr. David Goggins, we want you here in Carlsbad. Uh, we want you here in Carlsbad. We want you to meet Jordan Vega. We want to get those pull-ups going. We want, <laughs> we want to see that challenge because I mean, these are, uh, I think with you and David, two of the hardest headed people I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And I think that it would be crazy. I don't even think you would stop it. You know, you would probably be going for days. Yeah. Um, like, subscribe, uh, do a review on uh, Apple too. That'll help a brother out uh, as much as possible. But we want to thank you for helping us get in the top 1.5% uh, globally as far as all podcasts and doing it with absolutely uh, no paid promotion. It's all because of every single one of you believing and riding with us the whole time. I'm wearing Black Adam today on my shirt because of Mr. James Dixon and absolute motivation on YouTube. Uh, Check them out too. We absolutely love you. Uh, Jordan, you are incredible, man. I can't wait to have you back. You're officially (laughs) off the hot seat. Thank you.